This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, hey, y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. This one is explicit. Hi, Jess. Hello. What's going on? Not much. Oh, God. Oh, this is going off to a good start already. No, we're already singing. That's not even. Yay. Yay. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Catching up, uh, you know, with life and stuff and. <laughs> Lots going on in our space this week. When is there time for life? I don't know, dude. I this week, know. my husband's traveling. It's just me and the baby. Oh, where do you at go? At night. At night. He went to Colorado for work. Oh, and okay. so um, it's just me and him. It's been really quiet oh. and kind of nice. And then Emily went to go spend the night at her boyfriend's. She comes back and she goes, were you okay all along with the baby all alone? And I was like, yeah, the less here, <laughs> people here, the better. Why don't you move in there? <laughs> That's nice. But at least she, you know, she came back and she checked in on you. That's nice. Yeah, like I love my husband and my nanny and my daughter, but like it's fine with me if it's just me and him. It's quiet. Yeah. Of course, he's a little pain in the ass lately, but other than that, it's nice. <laughs> they always yeah. are. They always are. Oh yeah. my God. Oh yeah, my I know. God. So let me tell you a story. Like I sent okay. you the pictures of where we went this weekend. The well, yurt. The yurt place. Tell so us that, about the yurt. So that was really fun. So Randy's been working with a yurt company as of late. And um, he's been learning how to, to do yurts. And then there's a concept that he and this gentleman are going to be putting together, which is going to be like a yurt slash tiny house thing. That's going to be kind of like one thing. It's like a mm-hmm. whatever. So anyway, they're, they're doing Wait, this. So they're- you don't even want to bother telling people what a yurt even is. Oh. Because I had to Google it. I know you did have to. Why don't you guys Google it? It's, it's kind <laughs> of like a tent with... I guess if I were, it's a really kind of like super fancy type tent that has like wood in the inside so that it picks up the structure and then it's got all kind, it's material on the outside and it's very hardy. So it's not like a a little tiny tent where you really easily put it up. It takes a while to put these things up. It takes a a while. It's a hut. It's like a hut. Yeah. It's like a, it's kind of like a teepee hut tent. It's a hot dude. With like, yeah. So anyway, but it's really great on the inside. Oh my God. It's just, a, it's really, it, it's great. It's like a nice little cozy room. But this family is really cool because they live in yurts, but they're all in separate places. So you go to their property and it's a pretty decent sized property. It's like fairly expansive. And then they have like a yurt for the kitchen, a yurt for the bedroom, a yurt for the bathroom, a oh, yurt yeah. where you go. So everything's got a, its own yurt and it's kind of fun it i liked it I, I mean i'm sure like my mom was like what about winter time of course she would say that because that's also what i would say and yeah that would suck because you'd have to go you know from the bedroom you then have to walk to the kitchen yurt but in the summer it's really nice and like it was a very nice experience and they have like guest yurts as well in the property so you can just go in there and 
It's very lovely. Their kitchen is really beautiful. I mean, very cozy and stuff. And I don't know. I, it was very, very nice. I really enjoyed it. Other than the fact that that one, they also have a composting toilet, which means that it's not running water. You kind of like, if you go make a poop, you have to poop in a bucket, basically, with a little, like a little butt thing. Like when you sit on it, it's like, it, it feels fine when you、How'd、sit on、go? it. Well, I didn't you, because、yeah. I prepared. Because why had, would you? No, I know. Well, I, I know. And I, I, I have a hard time. I can't believe we're talking about this. I can. I have, I have a hard time. <laughs> I have a I hard time、it. like pooping when I'm traveling. Like it's really hard because it goes with my constitution. I get all like wound up and there's no like release. I don't release very well. You know,、so、a lot I, of people are just I, like this when they travel in general. Yeah. And so I get really like up, like ungrounded and it doesn't work out very well for me. So I made sure that I didn't do that before we left. So that before we left, I was nice and clear. So、oh, right. <laughs> when we were gone, I knew. That I, there wasn't going to be any problem for me there. And I knew that I wasn't going to poop because it's just not going to happen. I, I know myself enough, it, even if I, it's just not going to happen. Tell us again how you have to do it in the yurt. Okay, so there's a bucket. You know those big, huge paint buckets that you could get at Home Depot and stuff like that? Like those big, giant buckets?、Yep. Well, on top of it, there are these little like, things that you place on top that are like a toilet seat.、Mm-hmm. So then when you sit on it, it feels like it's a regular toilet. But what happens is you, you put a little bit of leaves in there in the bucket. And then when you poop, the poop comes. And then after you're done, you put leaves in there on top of it. Why? Because it's going to be compost. But it's still smelly. Well, so the, do the leaves help it compost? Yes. The, the leaves, yeah. And it, it's not going to be, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's going to be a smell, but it's not going to be so potent because there's leaves on top. So you have to put it on top. And then, you know, It just does that. And then when the bucket is full, then you take the bucket out to the poop place. <laughs> no. Yes. And then there's a new poop bucket that's added to that. Who totes around the bucket? The wife does. And、no. she's like this tiny, yes,、yeah, she does. She's this tiny little thing, petite, tiny little thing. She's about two inches shorter than I am and super thin, you know. And then I'm like, she's the poop. Lady, and she, she goes, The only thing I don't like is when like everybody comes here and pees. Might as well go pee in the woods. Like everybody go pee in the woods because I hate because it's fine carrying a poop bucket, it's not so fine carrying 50 pounds of pee. Oh, and I'm gonna vomit in my mouth. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, come on.、Mm. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, yes.、Yeah, so, yes.、Yeah, so, that's what, but it was really exciting and fun. And the girls really had a great time. And there are lots of places to play, tons of like exciting things for kids because they built a playground in there. And there's like, oh, it's just, it was, lo- it was very lovely. And they have a, a library yurt. That was my favorite. You go inside and there's books all over and it's very pretty. And you just sit in there and you're in like a, I don't know. It just was really nice. And then tons of garden things and they're growing stuff. And so it was nice. I mean, that part's nice. <laughs> But it's not worth it to carry around other people's stuff. Poop. Yeah. It's tough. Like, I was thinking, like, you know what? I can deal with the majority of this. I could even do, you know, dealing with the cold and going to the kitchen yard and being, you know, I could, de- I could actually deal with some of that stuff. Yeah. Could you? Yeah, I could. We, again, we don't have central heating here in, the, in our little house. So we're constantly cold anyway. So, so now, like, I'm used to that. Other people are not used to it when they come over to our house because we do, we're, it's cold in, in here.、Mm-hmm. But if, 
you know, I'm not sure about the poop thing. That would be hard to have to take care of that. It's already hard for me to take the compost out to the compost bin. Just the, my regular compost. Yeah. It's tough, man. I have the bucket down there and I got at least once a week, I have to remember to take it out. And I hate it when, I, when we make like chicken or something like that, because if it's a lots of vegetables, it's, not, it's really no big deal. Mm-hmm. But if we have chicken and bones, mm, it starts to stink really bad, really fast. Yeah. So. I never did that with compost. I did eggs and fruit grinds and stuff. Yeah. And that seemed to be a good solution to the problem. Yeah. But see, the reason that we do all that stuff too is because we don't have, again, another thing we don't have, is a trash collection. Thing we don't have. I know. We don't have the trash collection thing. Well, what do you mean? What, like, what do you mean? No, we have to take the trash into town. What? So, yeah, there's no trash people that come up here and pick up the trash. So for us to compost and for us to keep the trash low, we really need to do like it's really important. You can't just start throwing stuff in the trash because then we'll just have the trash that's going to be stinky and disgusting. And so Randy takes the trash out and the recycling into town to a general dump because it's also illegal. Like you can't just take trash anywhere. There's only certain places that you can take your trash. And then so the compost has to go to a very specific place. Sorry, my mouth is just like hanging (laughs) open because you have to drive around your own trash. You know what? There's so many things people don't even realize that they're so lucky to have. Oh, I realize it. Perhaps more so because of you, but I realize it. (laughs) Yeah, because you don't take into consideration that, you know, it's like, oh, that's like a service. Right. That somebody, who pays for that? The district? Like, I don't know who pays for trash. Like, who pays for trash? I do. Okay. I pay for trash. Where do you pay for trash? The trash people? Do you, like, write a check? Or is it, like, in the taxes? No, I pay for it. We have to pay them. There's, because there's private companies that do it. You can choose between, like, waste industries and waste management and um, econo hall. Mm, Okay. They compete against one another. Uh, yeah, because I've never, I don't think I've ever had to choose a trash. The trash just came. Really? Like, yeah, you just. Were you like, always in a city? City people don't choose. They just. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, that we were always in a city because it was like you just put the trash. Trash comes on Tuesdays, you know, and you put yeah. it outside. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't have that. I guess we could, but then that would be an, like an extra. Because nobody wants to come up here, dude. We don't even get the. Po- that's why I don't, we don't have a post I office. I can't blame them, I have to say. The post guys, you know, the post office people, they don't want to drive up the mountain. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy, though. UPS and um, what's the other one? FedEx do with their big, gigantic trucks up our street, which is crazy. Unbelievable. I know. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And then on that trash story, we're going to be doing a podcasting 101 webinar this week what? in two days. How did this happen? I don't know. <laughs> Yes. All right. Obviously, Elsie would like to change the subject. So let's move on. We are going to be doing a podcasting 101 webinar. If you already came to our webinar in February, you do not need to sign up again unless you don't remember it and you want to learn the things again. Yeah. Um, But basically, we are going to be teaching why you should have a podcast and why you should not have a podcast. 
Exactly. What a difference it can make in your visibility, all the tech you need, all the different ways you can make money, how to get over the whole what the heck will I say thing, the different types and styles of shows, all the different recording options, including hardware and software. So it'll be really good. And by the time we're done, you should be able to start your own show, right? Yep. And we have already like a free course like this. This is really primarily aimed at beginners. So ladies, those of you who are, you know, she podcasters already have a podcast and, you know, your friends are asking you about it and, you know, they don't know what to do or you know that there's people around that are looking for how to podcast. This is for them. So this is more for the person who's like, somebody told me I should have a podcast. So what do I, how do I do it? (laughs) That's when you send them the link. Yeah. Yeah. Go here and learn whether or not you should, in fact, have a podcast from these crazy ladies. Amen, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And so, and anyway, you need to sign up. If you go and sign up, uh, it is shepodcasts.com slash pants off. (laughs) It just seems so weird every time I say that. That's because it's called Podcast Your Pants Off. Yeah, Podcast Your Pants Off. So, shepodcast.com. What's wrong with that? Well, it's just hilarious because it's like, okay, talking about podcasting 101, podcasting 101, podcasting 101. Okay, shepodcast.com slash pants off. <laughs> it just seems so All right, so you got silly. me there. So anyway, but yes, um, shepodcast.com's pants off. Just please go through that. You can see the link in the show notes as well and check that out. But we have um, a little bit of news that we're going to let you guys know because <laughs> we didn't talk about this in the last episode really at all. In fact, we did and we had John chop it out all right so should we tell them the scoop on why the brunch bash isn't happening oh anymore? yes oh my god no more brunch bash oh my god yeah so that's the funeral march it's the funeral march yeah but not really because we are still having a meetup which is good yeah we still just we haven't quite figured that stuff out yet but yeah we are still having a meetup and so do we tell them why that happened? Why the death of the brunch bash in the way that we wanted to make it happen? Yes, I think so. I think they deserve to know, don't you? Yeah, totally. Because we did have some questions about that. Yeah, we would have been having to work our booties off for a nice time with you guys. Not that that really ma- like is really bad because we do love that, but... No. All right. So basically, the reason we decided it wasn't because we had to work hard because we're ha- no, it's not about working to work hard. hard. Yeah, it's-, it's because we we're getting to the point where, OK, we had booked a restaurant and we knew how much tickets we had to sell in order to make the restaurant minimum. And it's two months out and we're really going to have to start hustling to get enough money to pay for the restaurant, which means really put hard push for promotion both to sell tickets and for me to sell sponsorships which again isn't that hard i did about four or five grand last year for the event that we did but this time i felt like it was just to break even that push was just to break even last year we were getting money for the event that we did you know your ticket paid for us to be at the event not for food and atmosphere and prizes and swag like I was gonna have to hustle all that stuff over the course of 60 days just to break even just to have you guys have a nice event and so anybody with any kind of business sense knows that like if you're hustling 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 and you're not making money from doing it what the fuck are you doing so yeah. we're not doing it 
Yeah, so we're not doing that. And Elsie we- and I were really funny because I was just like, well, but I feel bad. And she was like, me too. And I was like, but it doesn't seem like smart. And she was like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and I was like, well, what do you think? And she was like, I don't know. Ask someone else. Basically, what we were saying is make someone else tell us not to do it. Because yeah. we could not tell each other I'm not doing it because this is why. And this is the part that's the most important for all of you is that our community is so important to us that we don't want to let you down and that we didn't want to let each other down, I think. And so I didn't want to let her down by saying, I cannot flipping do this. It doesn't make sense. And she didn't want to say that to me. And then we collectively didn't want to say to you, you're not important enough for us to hustle our asses off for the next 60 days because you are. You 100% are. It has nothing to do with that. But our livelihoods, our families, our sanity, like that stuff is more important. We have paying clients that are more important than creating an event that our community, I mean, yes, you're paying for it, but again, you're paying for us to break even with the restaurant. So it just didn't make sense. And yes, we could change the location and we are changing the location. So we are going to have a meetup similar to the ones that we've had in the past for Podcast Movement and New Media Expo, where we just kind of like hang out in the hotel and hope they don't kick us out. Yeah. So like the last day, <laughs> so like the Saturday brunch, still from 10 to 2, I'm not flying out till late that night. I changed my, I didn't create my flights yet because I didn't know what we were doing, but like I just booked it for like 9 p.m. So like we can have brunch. We can even be there earlier probably and like just like say goodbye to people as they walk out, have breakfast, give people a hug, wave farewell, bon voyage if you will. And like take pictures and, you know, we still have giveaways, actually. We could still do giveaways. We could still sponsor mimosas or, you know, brunchy type stuff. If there's anyone interested in that, I'm still going to promote this event. We're still going to have it. It's just not going to cost us six grand because that's just stupid. Because that's what it ended up being. Like for some reason, we uh, I was imagining a certain amount of money for investment, sort of. And then Jess was also... No, it's not even that. I mean, I think that the restaurant would have been very lenient with 50 people, but it was like $4,500 plus 20% gratuity plus 11% tax. And I was like, oh my God, what if we don't make that? Right. We had to at least put 25% down. We were barely making that. And so I was just like, oh my God. It would have been so stressful. Like I just couldn't They would have changed the minimum, but it's still, it's just like, even if it's half that. Even if it's three grand. I don't want to hustle that. I want to get sponsors for my clients. Right. That's what I should be spending time doing. I mean, right, guys? Like, those of you who signed on with me and even those of you who haven't, like, shouldn't I be spending time getting sponsors for my clients? Like, I don't have any business getting sponsors for an event that I'm just paying for a restaurant just so we can all hug each other in a party dress. Like, wear your party <laughs> That's dress. That's basically that what I said, dude, when I said that we we're going to work hard for a hug is basically it's what so I said. so dumb. And so, but yeah. But and again, hugging. we love you very much. But I think that part yeah. of it, too, is that we, you know, we do. Don't be mad at us. We have clients. Like, we have people who are paying us money to work with them. And, and actually, and, now you're really going to hate me. What? Oh, you me? Wanna, no, not oh. you. The people listening who oh, think okay. I'm a schnorr already. <laughs> okay. Speaking of that, if you want to be our client, like, spend time with us there and do what 101 with us looking oh into each God. other's eyeballs. Like, I know. Elsie and I are both available to coach people 101 while we're there. Brunch or no brunch. That's just a segue. I'm just saying, like, we want to focus on our clients and people are paying us because they fucking deserve it. And if you want to be one of those people and do it in person, fucking let us know because we're excited about that and very dedicated Mm -hmm. to client delightment. 
what's that word? Client delightfulness. No. Not delightfulness. Like, delighting our clients. Delighting our clients and actually, you know, getting them excited and all that fun stuff. So I hope you guys forgive us. We're still going to say hi. Elsa and I both don't want you to be angry, and I hope that you understand. And actually, we are working on having a women's in- event in person with some other women in the group that will catty corner to another podcasting event, not this one, because it's sooner. I don't want to say anything about it yet, just in case it doesn't happen, but it will be a full day event, and we're really excited about it. So if you were interested in that and you still want to do it, we're still going to do it within the next year, hopefully. And even if this doesn't work out, Elsie, I still would like to sometime in 2017 have one with you, Like even if it means we have to do it in Asheville. Yay. I'm, I'm cool to do it in Nashville. I really do want to have a women's podcasting event with women podcast speakers that don't work for corporations, individual, you know, indie podcasters that have wealth of information and education to share with us and then dinners together and stuff like that. I'm not saying it'll be cheap, but we just don't know yet. And maybe Elsie will have some yoga. Yeah. No, I, I know there's all kinds of stuff that we can do that is above and beyond you know, making it an event that is above anything that you've ever experienced before that has everything to do with your podcast, but it has other bonus features like possibly yoga and voice work and things like that. And Yes, um, voice so, work. I could use that, I think. Yeah. So that would be really fun. So anyway, that's what happened. That's what happened. That's what so, happens. I know. And, you know, I think everybody in podcasting or if you're starting to get something around podcasting or getting your podcast together or trying to get things done there's going to be a point where you're going to say is this worth it for me to do like is this a good investment for me is this the best choice that I can do is adding this on something that my business can handle if you have a business around it and you know we have a sponsor that I can actually really support you with those kinds of questions, which is one of the reasons that we have them as a sponsor. Team Podcast is one of them. And Christy Hausler's company does that for you. So she kind of navigates what are the things that could really help you succeed so that you can invest your time and resources in the things that are really going to work out for you, that are really going to pay out. Mm -hmm. Because what we see, at least with a lot of our ladies who are multitaskers and they are multi-talented. They're running so many different things and adding and adding and adding. And a lot of the time, we don't really quite know what to do in terms of outsourcing. And the conversations with Christy are really, really key because I think the biggest challenge to us being productive as podcasters, especially at the beginning, becomes the everyday grind of it, mm-hmm, sort of like, mm-hmm. or even figuring it out at the, in the first place, because there's some, you know, obviously we have podcasting school for women. And of course, that's an investment as well. You choose to, you know, buy this course that we have, you learn all of these things, you can then do it. And then that way we save you time because everything's in one place. But Christy, if you don't want to learn that, <laughs> Christy will just do it for you. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Go check out teampodcast.com. And she is very reasonably priced. You can check out and you can outsource a bunch. Or you can start, you know, little and see like, these are the little tasks that are making me want to slip my neck. So and yeah. you can give them that. I was like, don't leave us. Don't leave us. So yeah, because then you won't be able to talk. But um, yeah, teampodcast.com. So thank you, Christy, for sponsoring. Yes, 
thank you for your sponsorship and unending support. She was also, um, I had already reached out to some people for sponsorship and she had already raised her hand. And so I just want to thank you for your sponsorship there. And maybe we can still work something out with a brunch where you do a giveaway. And actually, I would still like to put swag bag or at least have piles of like stuff for people. So it's possible that, I don't know, I, I have lots of ideas actually. Elsie, maybe we should talk about it. Yeah. Maybe we should have a business card table at this event and like for a small amount of sponsorship because it is, again, it's a labor of love. And so if you want to advertise to the women that are coming to the, you know, to our audience or the women coming to the brunch, maybe we can still work that out. Even though I've given you no details and all vague information, let me know if you're interested in that. <laughs> yeah. And then hang out and we'll be tweeting about it. We'll be sharing via social media. We'll be putting it in the Facebook group and all that stuff. So keep yeah. an eye out to see what this actually becomes because it's all very vague right now for all of yes, us. So sorry, it's not, sorry. If you feel the same way that we do, then that's because that's what we're thinking. So, <laughs> yep. That's um, this works. But sorry, now, sorry, sorry. We are moving into doing a little bit of feedback. And this feedback comes from Taylor. And she's been like a, a running theme for the past couple of episodes. But she actually Taylor clarified. Bradford, we're having a party. <laughs> yes. So she actually clarified a little bit about when we were talking about my being thrilled about the sponsored branded content from Facebook and all of my, how much I cared about it. So she actually sent in some information. Do you want to go ahead and read what she said? Because this was really cool. Yes. She's, first of all, if you guys, I'm just going to give her a plug because, well, I don't even know if she does this, but I think she does. So I think that she's a business consultant for women who have creative businesses, online creative businesses. And I have to say, she's done very well for herself. She's a very successful blog and she's a very successful podcast. She's one of my clients through the agency, but she knows so much more shit than me when it comes to like visibility and growth and social media. If you guys check out, Oh God, I don't want to get it wrong again. Girl, boss, creative, no, boss, girl, not creative. boss, girl, boss, girl, creative. I'm so sorry, Taylor. I, I get them. You know what? I don't want to admit this, but I might have a little dyslexia. I've, okay. So boss, girl, Also her other blog is pink heels, pink truck.com. And she has all kinds of social media courses, so check them out. She did not pay me for that. I just want to tell you about her because we keep talking about her, and you should know who she is. So And, and so then you know how cool our community is. It's like I'm telling you, yeah. we can completely change the world. Everybody's voices are so powerful. Anyway, whatever. Y'all don't even my, know. Okay, Y'all don't even know. Go ahead and so let know So she how says, Facebook-branded content has been in their terms of service this entire time. It's just now coming to light because Facebook's not getting a piece of the pie when it comes to bloggers and influencers being paid to post to Facebook for a brand. They're going after the bigwigs because there's more money there. Think Taylor Swift and her 400K influence per post. Facebook's getting nothing from that post from her, and I don't have the exact figure, but it's ridiculous what her posts are worth. Ultimately, I've seen a couple of Facebook reps say, keep doing what you're doing, just be under caution that Facebook could shut you down. Uh, No thanks, though. Keep doing what you're doing, but just know you're going to be fucked, maybe. Uh, I don't know about that. But anyway, ultimately, don't put all your eggs in Facebook's basket or any other platform's basket. And she's 100% right about that. Never, 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 never completely rely on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram for your business. Never, never, never. Or iTunes. Or iTunes. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, They are all about making money. Bloggers and online influencers are inventing the rules as they go. It's hard to keep up with us, she says. And she's a... 
does very well uh, marketing. I keep telling my people, you need to get back to grassroots efforts, making great content, nurturing a list, treat them like VIPs, post consistently, sorry, and share out on social media thinking in terms of grassroots efforts. You want discovery. You can no longer depend on the virality quotient. Because it's near impossible to go viral these days. You can share on social, focus internally with those that are already listening and reading. So very good advice. I could not have said it better myself. And I'm very happy to hear her say, like, don't panic. Everything's fine. Because I was, frankly, panicking about what we were supposed to do about Facebook posts and having a little bit of a sweat fest over here. So that makes me very happy. And it makes sense. I mean, I I get it. I get it from... And I think that it goes back... Oh, I'm not even going to... Actually, I'm not going to talk about that too much because we are going to get into it here very, very soon. But again, there's a focus on, you know, people like Taylor Swift, which we are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and the kind of influence they're having. And then when seeing like, you know, the other day, I put up a post over on the Facebook page over at Libsyn. And I think I my reach was like 6,000. And I was like, mm. oh, my God. Yeah. N- with no push. You know, I was so excited because usually it's like, I don't know, 40 or yeah, 53, yeah. you know, whatever. And it goes up and down, you know, 200s and the hundreds or whatever. But it, I usually don't do 6,000. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So I was really excited. But I am, we're not Taylor Swift. That's true. So I can understand why Facebook wants a piece of that. Boo. Right? I mean, whatever. But thank you for that, sweet Taylor. I know. And then you're the bestest. Thanks. We have a little tool tip. Elsie's tool tips. We're having a tool time. Tool tips. Tool tips. And this is actually via Heather Orderer. And I tried it out yesterday. So this is, um, if you go over to one-tab.com. It is a Chrome extension, Chrome slash, I think, Firefox extension. I'm, I don't think that it's a Safari thing. Mm-hmm. And so how it works is whenever you find yourself open with when you have too many tabs, you can click on the one tab little icon that's going to be added to the browser, and then it converts all your tabs into a list. So you'll have like one tab and on that tab, it has all of the other tabs that you had open so that you know that it's there and you can either restore them individually by clicking on it or you can do it all at once. So when your tabs are in the one tab list, you save up to 95% of memory because you will have reduced the number of tabs open in Google Chrome. So for me, this is this was huge. I actually tested it out yesterday. I don't know why this has happened, but since not the latest operating system update, but the one before that, for whatever reason, Chrome, I love Chrome. It was my default browser, but something happened. And now every time that I use Chrome, my computer is using system you know uh, resources like crazy. Like it starts to just go nuts. So mm. I can no longer use Chrome. I, I just can't do it because it'll start to heat up my computer to, and it's just too much stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been using Safari. But yesterday it started to do it again. Like I hear, I heard it because I do use it for certain things. I start and I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to use that little one tab thing. I kid you not. It made it quiet. Like in a second, like I immediately, yeah. So I think that there's some, I think Chrome is a memory hog. It like immediately reduced the system's resources or whatever on Chrome. So I was like, Oh, that's kind of fun. So if you guys want to check it out, you should, because, and thank you, Heather, for letting me know this because it might just make me having my, you know, my Chrome tabs open, not having them open and it'll still work. So I'm so super stoked. Oh my God. Who was I talking to the other day? Somebody about sponsorship and advertising. And they were like, didn't you do a holiday gift list? Like, why don't you go on your own wish list and see what kind of companies you can come up with for sponsors and advertisers for your event or for your show? And I was like, you must not have heard that show. Oh my because God. Elsie 
came up with the nerdiest. <laughs> it was like thick wool socks, and they were like, "I love socks," and I was like, "Right, but you don't." don't want to sponsor our podcast like that's weird i mean there's some things that you did mention that i thought would be good but if you listen i mean i even pulled some of it because it was so funny like just like the saddest gift list in the history of man but hey you know what we've gotten some feedback that that's been like a favorite but i'm not sure if it was a favorite because of the randomness of the list I know or because it's actually a really good list like i don't know i don't know if it was like entertainment value list yeah i was like being very serious about my socks you were just serious about everything you also came out with like just your wish list is just remember because i remember i was just like how did you get like this this is the least fun wish list of all time there's nothing fun it was like warm thick socks and like text voice to text dictation and like (laughs) or like grammar checking software and i was like who wants this for the holidays i would punch someone (laughs) you just buy it for yourself I do. Yeah. It would have made me happy. It's the stuff that I'm constantly yearning for, Jess. Do you not have things like that where it's like every day you're like, oh, I wish I had that. Yeah. Well, those are the things that I think about. Yes, but that's not a... Ho- okay, fine. Okay. We need Next year, we'll just redefine holiday wish list, okay? Oh, come on. It's going to make... Holiday me- wish lists are things you... <sighs> no. <laughs> I don't even know because it all fits like stuff you really, really want that you wouldn't buy yourself. But I do feel like you would buy yourself warm socks and I know that I totally would. Yeah. I already have like, believe me, like my little fleece socks, you know, the I don't know. They sell them like L.L. Bean sells them. I think that's where I had them. My little fleece socks that I put on top of my regular socks, which are like basically my foot pajamas or whatever that I wear all the time. I mean, every day, all at all times of the day during the wintertime, because again, we don't have central heating. So it is like my little heater on my feet. They have holes in them now. And I'm oh devastated. Did you know that I already tried to purchase some? And guess what happened? They I, don't deliver to, to ask. P- they don't l- deliver to a PO box. My no. heart was broken. And so I'm like, it's not even that I, I was like, I need to stock them up now because I know that this is going to be like the first thing that I'm going to be wearing in the wintertime. And they were, you know, and I'm like, I need to stock them up now, now, now. And I finally found, and then, dude, I was so heartbroken. Like I ordered, I'm like, yes, I'm so on it. I'm loving this. And they canceled my darn order. Oh, no. Such a bummer. Yeah, that's terrible. I know. <laughs> my heart's broken. Boo. Boo hiss. <laughs> Boo hiss. That's Boo-hiss. terrible. Yeah. Wah. Wah. So there's that. I'm going to have to find a company that delivers to a P.O. box. That would be nice. That is nice. Bummer. Bummer. All right. So we're going to move into some news here. News. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Okay, so this is like news. This came to me via Crystal, uh, my buddy over at Libsyn. And she says, have you checked this out? Amazon takes on YouTube with launch of Amazon Video Direct. So I was like, what is this? Are they really taking it on? Well, such a big thing. And no, dude, it's just like I hate it when headlines, uh, really, headlines are makes me. But Mm -hmm. and so anyway. (laughs) But what I do like about this, it's really interesting because this is, so this isn't like, you know, hey, everybody, it's now this is going to be YouTube. There's nobody can take on YouTube for what it is at this moment. It's its own thing. Right, right. But what I'm, with this is interesting to be able to sell, like you can sell videos. So I thought like, wow, 
That's really cool. We can actually have videos now that、mm-hmm. we can upload to this Amazon Video Direct, and you can sell your videos like straight、mm-hmm. up, straight up. You can、mm-hmm. sell them for make them. It says like you can have them rent it or、mm-hmm. own it, or they can make them free and ad supported.、Um, they can also be packaged together and offered as an add-on subscription to Amazon Prime Video, which I think is kind of neat because it's like added into the Amazon Prime. Thing. So、mm-hmm. it's going to be part of the Amazon Prime that you already are paying for. So it's not going to feel weird because what happens with the YouTube thing that you have to pay for YouTube that YouTube Red or whatever it is? Yeah, YouTube Red like, isn't it like Netflix? Yeah, but that like we're used to having just the all the YouTube things work. It's free. That's what、mm-hmm. YouTube is.、Mm-hmm. It's true. It's not a paid app.、Mm-hmm. So and but we know when we're looking at Amazon Prime or when you're looking at Netflix or you're looking at Hulu or whatever that is paid. That like you were you're already paying for it. So if something just is added to that, it just is awesome.、Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I just thought that was kind of neat. I don't know what you guys think,、neat. guys.、Um, it seems like the revenue is fairly easy. They've got good metrics. I signed up for it, Jess. Mm-hmm. And not that I have any videos that I'm going to be selling anytime soon or anything like that. I just wanted to go through the sign up process. You did. You signed up for it though. I did, and so it was. But it was really simple. Like you just basically do it up. It kind of aligns with your Amazon account, and immediately it walks you through how to、um, with your bank account, and then immediately asks you all the stuff how to get paid.、Mm-hmm. So it's like it seems like they've got their. I don't know. It seems、Ups、like this is an interesting. Yeah, kind of. It seems like this is kind of interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by how people can use this. Like, if、yeah. I was, if I had a video that I wanted to sell, I'd probably go th- this way, like just to test it to see what's going on. So let I me don't know. know. No, I, no. It gives me a kind of anxiety. Why? Because I don't know. I don't want more. Because I already feel pressure to be to be putting something brilliant on YouTube that's、oh, not there, right? And I, and I don't want more things to give me pressure. I bet this whole discussion that we're about to get into is also giving me agita big time. Yeah. Oh yes, we are. But before we we close it off, I have to say that just thinking about doing video stresses me out too. Me too. Like it really does. And and I have to say that because of, you know my obsession with bullet journaling, the way that I primarily learned. Or made my decisions upon what my system, my personal system, was going to be. Was watching a lot of YouTube videos, and then I realized how incredibly helpful they are. And、mm. then that I got obsessed with it, where I was like, "Where's her video? Her video is supposed to drop on Monday. How come there's no video today?" You know, like I was like、right. all of a sudden the obsessive subscriber person. And then I thought <gasps> I would hate to be like the, the like the producer because then that means that every week I have to do two. Like just the thought of that that gives me anxiety. Every yeah week that the, of these YouTubers are creating two videos every week, and they're、yeah. good videos with good content. And even if they're like not very long, you know, maybe like ten to twenty minutes, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. So kudos to you, YouTubers, because I'd rather just get behind the mic here and talk with Jess. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's a lot of lately. I mean, it's the same thing. It's always the same thing. It's never going to change for me. It's my hair. I could be makeup free until the dawn of time. I can never get my hair right. Never, 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 never. And so, as a result, I'll never do video. <laughs> Dude, it's not maybe, even about. I don't care about pajamas. I don't care about makeup. My hair, just no. Really, I、I'll、don't wait, ever look at your hair. Let me tell you something. I am looking into hair things for 
speaking in Chicago because I'm so embarrassed by my hair lately. What? Really? Like, you know, just like, I shouldn't even say this because people are going to like see me now, wonder if I'm wearing a wig and I'm probably not going to be. But like, you know, they have just like clipping buns and stuff because my hair is so, oh God, it's just awful. It's just, I look awful in every picture. I can't get it to look professional. I'm on the phone now from nine to five every single day. A lot of it is video and I feel like I look crazy. Because my hair looks crazy. I cannot get it. Even Let's just say I even shower in the morning. I stick these headphones on. And by the end of the day, I look like Steven Stills. Because <laughs> my, you know, because it's pushing my hair back like a headband. And then it's getting all frizzy and crazy around the ears. It's just, it's unmanageable. What am I supposed to do? I'm running an agency now and I look like Steven Stills without the mustache. <laughs> I'm like his scary, ugly daughter. It's terrible. Dude. Okay. Well, I hear you, but I don't you feel that way. You have pretty hair and it's long. You don't know what it's like to shave your head because a baby took all your hair. Okay. And that's the worst yeah, part. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Elsie. And then I straightened it today thinking like, oh, the <gasps> professional could oh, straighten no. it. And because it's growing back, I've got these terrible like wispies. It looks like someone just ripped my hair out like like the handful by the handful because it's growing in, not because I'm losing it, because it's growing in now. It's not better than losing it. Oh. All right. I'm better. Okay. Thank you. Well, good. I'm glad we heard that rant. Maybe you should just change your hair like the different color. Maybe you should just make it instead of like trying to have a wig that kind of makes it look like you. Maybe have something so obvious that it's obvious that it's a wig. Like a clown rainbow afro? Well, something like that. Or like just pink hair or blue hair or green hair. You oh, know, I was that's thinking cool. about dyeing it those colors actually, but I wasn't sure my husband would be very happy with uh, me. Yeah. But I Not- still wanted to do it. Fuck him. The horse he rode in on. <laughs> I think it would be yeah, awesome. I'm t- I I would love to check it out my, with my hair too, dye dye it, but I don't want to dye it for real because I don't I like my hair. Yeah, I like. I don't want to mess too. with it. Like you know what I mean? If it's like, hey, it's good. I like it. Yeah. People people constantly ask me like, what color? Like how? Isn't that, I I guess I guess that's a compliment. They do yeah. that about my my eyes and my hair. Like, are you wearing contacts? Or like, what color did you dye your hair? And I'm like, dude, this is like all me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is my eyes. This is my hair color. There's nothing, nothing. like chemical going on here. Yeah. That's so, funny. Dude. I know. Like, did you dye it that dark? I'm like, no. It's just this color. Right. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. So, ladies, Natalie Ektal is starting her podcast, Mastermind. She started it last week, last Wednesday. Today mm-hmm. is Monday of the next week. So you, if you have been holding on, going like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know if I should do it. Pull the plug. Join. We've seen the list of the women that have signed up. And dude, you guys, oh, it's just amazingly lovely. As of the time of this recording, which is actually May 11th, but you're not listening to this till then, there's still one spot left. I am sure that Natalie will open up the door for you. Um, it's if actually you, closed? Well, it could be closed because it started on today. You know, so if you guys listen to this, email nat at bizchicks.com and that is B I Z C H I X.com and just sign up. Just sign up because by the end of this year, mind you guys, we're almost halfway done with 2016. Not to mean to scare you all, but we're almost halfway done. 
if you want to really step out for this year and really land like super strong, you need to sign up for this. So you have to go over to bizchicks.com slash she podcasts to get on this mastermind. Yes. So it's really important if you're looking for accountability and if you want to achieve specific goals with your show that you sign up right away, especially because the people in there are so awesome. It'll really help you achieve, achieve, achieve in like half the time. It's confidential. It's not a coaching program. You set weekly goals and you share with the group if you hit it. You really focus, take actions on the ideas that are swirling around in your head. And it's open to anyone that's launched a show. So if you're not in pre-launch and you really want to achieve in the next couple quarters, go to bizchicks.com forward slash she podcast right now and take care of it. Take care of it right now. Don't wait. Right? Yeah. Don't wait. Do it now. So yeah. Email Nat at bizchicks.com. Also B-I-Z-C-H-I-X. And now on with the show an hour later. Okay, so this is what She Podcast does. We are not the news outlet. We are the news distiller or the news like... Um, Inlet. In, yeah, we're the translator of what you need to know or, you know, via our opinions. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but there was this New York Times article that came out that just made everybody all upset. And I don't know. Oh, my God. And it really is. It was all about podcasts and how, you know, podcast surging or podcasts. What is it even called this article? I didn't I don't have it in front of me right totally here. Podcast surge. But producers fear Apple isn't listening. I was like, what? that one. Oh, you mean New York Times? Yeah, because that's where it started. The entire conversation around everything else that you have sent to me stemmed from this article. Whatever this article said, it spewed off almost an entire Bible full of content Mm -hmm. because it all came from here. And it's just, it's insane. Yeah. It's not news, though. So I don't know why all this hubbub happened. Well, right. But it seems like because it's the New York Times, you see. Oh, well, excuse us. I know. So then there's the New York Times. So anyway, what it shows here, are the three, there's three problems that, um, at least according to this article, are upsetting podcasters. One of them is that you have to woo a single Apple employee for the best promotion. Like there's like the one guy. And I don't, and this is, I guess there's a good part about this, which is now you believe me, people, when I'm telling you, it's not like you have any control. You I've can been, ask people to subscribe, rate, and review all day, and they're still not going to highlight you because it's one guy. Yeah. I right. Keep, I keep telling you, and then I've been saying this over and over again for so long, and people don't believe me. And it's like, just because I'm not, you know, I don't have big numbers or whatever. I don't know what it is. It's like, for anyway, so there's the one guy who basically, well, there's a, one guy in a, in a very small team that have the majority, majority of say on what goes on. It it was like that my same thing that I was talking about in a couple of episodes ago where I was mentioning that it's kind of like they're the librarians. You know, when you walk into the library, all the books are in there. But usually you pay attention to the books that are being showcased. And who did that? The librarians. They're the ones that put the books up there. And usually it's books they like. (laughs) Usually it's very about them. So anyway, that's one of the problems that was highlighted. The second one is that they say, and I'm, when I'm saying they, I'm saying this is uh, what supposedly podcasters are complaining about. And I don't know how the New York Times got the information. But anyway, they say social media is cumbersome, meaning they can't, it's not easy to share episodes from iTunes, I guess. 
And then the third one is for podcasters to make money, they need more information about their listeners and Apple is in a unique position to provide it and they don't. So those are the main problems that are being addressed or supposedly that's what is making podcasters upset. So what do you think about those three things as of this moment, Jess? I think it's hilarious. What do you think is hilarious about this? I mean, it's hilarious because... I mean, obviously, it's these complaints aren't being made by anybody that has been podcasting for a really long time and that Apple would give a shit about necessarily, like as far as like a threat to their business, which I don't know what's a threat to Apple's business at this point. Like, I don't even know why they are paying attention now. But first of all, it's always easy to share on social media. And indie podcasters have gotten around that by putting the links in the show notes like smart people that we are. That's why we don't complain to Apple. We're happy to just put our thing in iTunes and hope that someone listens. And we put our share buttons in the show notes and you can access the show notes from the podcasting app and all is hunky-dory. Or we tell people to do it. And then the second thing, which is, I mean, yeah, the one guy is annoying, but like, I don't know. This is coming from someone, I have been highlighted there once, but it was after my show went on hiatus. And so I was happy and yet... Not happy because I would have liked it for it to be She Podcasts instead. But I was still honored that I was chosen. I had no idea how they came about me. And I was just like, yay, I'm highlighted in iTunes. And it was like almost more special. I don't know who would be on those lists. Like, what if, I mean, look, there's all those podcasts. Like, when you look in the What's Hot section, there's all these like Chinese podcasts that are in the US. What if they all get to the top because they just have the most listens because there's a million, billion more Chinese people than there are? I know. I mean, it's just like the algorithm, you know, for them to pick who's highlighted in the U.S., like, I kind of think that's nice because I'm sure they're going to highlight famous people and people with money. And that's OK with me on some level. And like, it's it makes it that much more exciting when you get picked, I think. And then what was the third thing? About it was uh, the podcasters. They they want the data, which is probably one of the only ones that I kind of. Sort yeah, of- I would like the data. I kind of want to know the data from. I, I'd like to know the demographic. Da- I mean, you know, they fucking have it. You know, goddamn well that they have our Apple ID and therefore the name of our firstborn children. So everything is still hooked up to my Apple ID. They can't. They don't even. All I really want is age and gender and maybe other interests. They know every app. They know which apps are used the most often. They know all our contact information. They know if we hate our mothers. They know everything. They know everything. And it would just be nice if we could, like, prove to advertisers that we actually have men listening to this show. And so, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that would be kind of neat. That would be we either neat. have to guess or survey people ourselves. And you and I and everyone listening all know we hate taking surveys. We don't want to fill out your fucking questionnaire about our demographic information. Give it over, Apple. That's what I think about that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. You know, and I could see... I don't think that's ever going to happen. I mean, come on. Give... Look, they said no to the to FBI. Know apps. You know, I have to know what apps, but I would like to know basic demographic information. I Even kind of I'm gender actually, and age. That's all I need. I don't. I don't want demographics. I actually would like just to see like subscriber counts and possibly that might be good. Subscribe. Forgot about like, that. Yeah, like just to see like if there's who's Who the, like how many yeah. subscriptions do we have and that how many you know or and I think they also have I think I'm not sure they also have the functionality to be able to tell you how long people listened. I so that would be know that one. 
I kind of would no, like to see that, no. although I don't. If it's really. three minutes, I would just jump off a bridge. You'd be like, oh, my God, people aren't listening. Yeah, so the subscriber counts. But anyway, that that would be kind of interesting. But but I actually took out some quotes from the, in, the initial article because it was just driving me nuts. So uh, there were a couple of things that I was like, what? So there were two sentences here where I was a little confused because I'm not quite sure what the facts are. That's where I was like. So here's a quote from the article. Interviews with over two dozen podcasters and people inside Apple reveal a variety of complaints, end quotes. Okay, so two yeah, dozen. Yeah, I thought that was very humorous. So phrased. two dozen people. So that's 24. And because it said with two dozen podcasters and people inside Apple, does that mean there were two dozen podcasters, period? Or two dozen podcasters and people, which means that it was probably less. Then it means it was 23 people and <laughs> one guy whose nephew does a podcast in the basement. Okay. So then there was that. And I was like, so what is that even referring to? Because if you look at this, at the article, it's like a really random sentence where it's like, there's no source quoted. And then we continue. Wait, I mean, that's also humorous because we don't know what the author is referring to even when he says podcaster like does that mean a podcast producer does that mean a host does that mean like i mean because if you think about serial does that mean he invited sarah koenig or does that mean they invited the producers of that show or the executive producers of that show or the executive producers or wnyc i mean a lot of those people are not podcasters they're just executives at companies that have podcasts right so and then after that then after that it says late last month Apple brought seven leading podcast professionals to the company's campus. Still not podcast. Exactly. In Cupertino, California, to air their case to a room full of employees, according to two people who were there, end quote. So there were, okay, so that was the quote. So now we know. So who were the 12? What's the, what I'm confused about is who are these interviews with over two dozen podcasters? Like what? So you mean now we have this incredible article on the New York Times because 24, let's say they're all podcasters just for the sake of argument, because 24 podcasters were bitching about not getting <laughs> stats and not being able to share because 24 and there's over 350,000 podcasts in iTunes right now. Where have they been? So <laughs> podcasters have always complained about not getting their stats. And again, Apple has never given two shits. Right. So what, these 24 people make a difference? I mean, on the one hand, I'm just like, yeah, thanks for noticing. But on the other hand, I'm just like, stop whining, though. Like, I know. We deal with I... it. We've been dealing with it for, not me, but you have been dealing with it for 10 years. Share your stuff on social media and be quiet. <laughs> I know. And so, so, but, and then, so that's why I'm confused. Because anyway, so there were seven leading podcast professionals. So again, we don't know if that was a podcast like us, like behind the mic and we put our show together or if it's like a podcast host company, a a podcast advertising company, you know, like somebody like the Nerdist people or like, we don't know. Actually, I have a confession. It was me. Oh, no, you couldn't have said that because again, (laughs) you can't say that because they're under, what do you call it? NDA. I know. That's why I was kidding. So, well, that's what I'm saying. And so then... Okay, so those seven people are under an NDA, and then you expect that company who has seven people going to their office and nobody can know who they were, and now you expect that company to release information to us? It just makes no sense. I don't think they do expect that. I think that's the point. I don't. It's just like it's to, anyway, because in, well, right. And then, okay, so here's a quote. Again, this is about the social media thing. Quote, sharing on social media, which basically didn't exist in 2005, 
takes multiple clicks. End quote. That's the complaint. Uh, I know. <laughs> it takes multiple clicks to share something. Yeah. As opposed to what? I know. That's what I wrote. Like what? Because when take- they're listening, they need to what? Be able to what? That's what I was. They t- get through to Facebook. <laughs> I don't know via, via ESP. I believe me. I when I read that, I was like, "Well, what doesn't take? I mean, what would it look like?" Siri, share podcast episode on Facebook. Maybe that. Maybe that. Would you like to put a quote on that? <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know because yeah, any, maybe it's almost in any. I think in almost any situation, and I think in almost any genre. Okay. So what would it take for us to share something on YouTube? I guess it's it's still you still have to write stuff though. Like what do they want? Can't you do that on the podcast app? Maybe I'm just totally at a loss. But I thought no, that No, 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 you can't. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, maybe they can have just, you know, a share to Facebook or share to Twitter. Mind you though, I did a little bit of research on that as you saw on the she podcast page where I asked, when was the last time that you listened to an entire episode? of a podcast from a link from Twitter or Facebook. And it's almost like 90% never. From the ladies that answered right now, we're up to like uh, almost 50 responses on there. Not that that's like a big, you know, consent. I mean, a lot of people, right? And these are all podcasters. But still, I think that it doesn't, I mean, and sharing in, in social media, I think we all do it. And I don't expect anybody to listen until they go into a, like they still have to go into an app to subscribe. Mm-hmm. They still have to do that's still lots of clicks. Yeah, I know. So anyway, so I don't know what the perfect solution is or what people are bitching about because you could totally do that already. We're all doing it. It's <sighs> not we've all been doing it I and know. we're never going to not do it. So again, just stop whining and <laughs> click and click. What's the problem? <sighs> all right. So Ugh. here's how getting featured works. Okay. So quote promotion within iTunes, which is still one of the only reliable ways to build an audience, particularly for a new show is decided by a small team that fields pitches and does its own outreach End quote. So, mm-hmm. Okay. What my frustration with some of these comments is like, did you, have you not been aware? Like, have you not been listening to, I guess it's nobody really ever listens just to me, of course. Why not? But, um, but like, I've known this like since I started almost, I've known this since I started podcasting, what this is, what that, mm-hmm. what happened with the Apple things. And I even remember when Apple used to show up to the portable and new media expo before NMX bought it, they were there. I met this fan, actually, I think I met, I don't know if I met this guy, this one, this specific dude, but they were like, I, I even had his um, information in my phone. Yeah, I did. And so these Apple guys now, I think have moved to the app side of things, but still like I met him, I, Rob introduced me to him like in Ontario at one of the first podcasting expos and whatever. And it was just like, I knew that from the get-go. So then there's a lot of people who have been selling all this stuff about new and noteworthy and keep saying all the stuff in the algorithm and the reviews and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but really, it's just these guys. And what can you do about it? You do nothing, really. Nothing. Nada. Nada. So, so there. <laughs> and, so there, yo. And then, so, but this is what I'm intrigued about. What you're going to have to say about this? Because I'm I don't really care, and so how will you know what I have go. to say? About so, because well, I'm going to ask you now. So this is about Apple being the boss of your income, which is how I 
placed it. Now, you want, because that's a complaint. So, quote, expanding the industry much more, though, gets tricky. Apple does not allow shows to charge people to download episodes, for example, and does not support paid subscriptions as many podcasters would like. Apple has stuck with an advertising model for podcasting that looks exactly, almost exactly like what Mr. Jobs predicted on stage in 2005, end quote. So what do you think about Apple being the boss of all of this stuff? They're giving you the opportunity for downloading a podcast for 99 cents or creating a subscription of some sort, sort of like the way that you do watching a movie. Yeah, I think it's scary as shit. Right? Yeah. Because then how much are you going to... Because mind you, this is not 100% you. So that's like 30-70. I think that that's Mm -hmm. what the split is with Apple. Mm -hmm. It's scary as shit. So there's that. But my question is, is this really something podcasters want? Is that really something they want? Because because I don't think so. I like that they've been very hands off. We just want to know our statistics, honestly. Like, don't make money on our behalf. And I don't even know if that's what the big... What do they want from Apple? Do they really want Apple to get more interested and start bucking around? Or do they just want their stats and to make sharing a little easier like what do they actually want we don't know because they signed an nda we'll never know we'll never know well yeah because i'm sure i mean it would be nice i guess Mm -hmm. but the thing is the same problems are arising in the app store like if you see all the articles about app developers that are not being seen that they're not being promoted that there's issues with people doing I think that they're doing reviews and rating scams and there's another scam too where there's been like you can buy people to send your app to number one because the coveted number one spot in the app store is like the place to be or something like that so that you could really make money. And so there's been all kinds of, again, underhanded schemes that people are cheating in the app store because they are, that's their business. And they want to get more people downloading and seeing their stuff. And also, it's really hard. It's really hard to get an app in the App Store because there are so many parameters that Apple puts for you, right? Because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that you can't really do. So if Apple allows us to sell our content, I think that there's going to be a lot of stipulations to the quite kind of content you can sell. Yeah. So then it would become like, you know, because they don't have any, not that we're going to be doing a pornographic anything, but they're very, they have a very strict stand on pornography. They have a, you know, and, and again, we're having issues with explicit versus clean. So what really is explicit and what is really clean? And what if they decide that this kind of artwork isn't great to be selling, you know, because cause then now they're the boss. Now they're the boss of your income. Now you have to wait for their checks from Apple. Yeah, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Right? Isn't it a little all. bit freaky and scary? Nothing to do with this whatsoever. And 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 my my question is like why Apple? Why not you? Why not take control? like it's so weird to me because I think like if I'm creating my business, why would I want to put again going back to Facebook? Why would I want to put all my eggs in that basket? Just like in the Facebook the sponsored posts. And how they keep on changing their algorithm all the time. And that's the way that your business is, or you're in Instagram. And what if Instagram changes, you know, they just changed their algorithm as well. And everybody was getting all upset because it's another company that you're relying on for your income. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just terrible. So it's kind of really odd. And then the last thing is, 
so I was kind of confused about this. I didn't understand how the measurement of listeners translate to the industry accelerating quickly. So um, measuring how many podcast listens is also inconsistent and a regular source of frustration. Podcasters know how many times their podcasts are downloaded, for example, but they don't know how many people actually listened or how far those listeners might have gotten. With data like listener counts and listening duration, similar to what Apple provides app developers, the industry could accelerate quickly. And this is a quote from Miss Delvac of Call Your Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So... I just don't understand how listener counts and listener duration will help the industry accelerate quickly. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it might seem that it it might do the opposite is what I was thinking, because I feel that download numbers are not in alignment with subscriber counts, nor of listeners. There are so many podcasts that I love and adore and I listen to and maybe binge listen to for a couple of days and then I don't touch them for a month. Yeah. You know, like my listener listening to them. And then I sometimes start a podcast and, and I stop in the middle of it and I don't ever listen, not because I don't love it, but because I got busy or somebody interrupted me and I completely forgot to come back. That doesn't necessarily mean that your podcast is boring and, and I right. you know, I left. So that's why I kind of don't want that those stats, though. Right. I don't so, want to know when they stopped listening because it doesn't matter when. It's like watching people unsubscribe from your email list. It's just going to hurt your feelings. It does. It is going to hurt your feelings. and that, It hurts my feelings immensely. And so when I was thinking about like, I don't think that it necessarily is going to accelerate it quickly. It's going to make a lot of hearts break is what's going to happen. And I guess yeah. perhaps maybe you know, clean out the cruft, if if you will, if I may say that, like for people who are doing it because they kind of want to just do it because they find, you know, podcasting is exciting Mm -hmm. and fun and people are talking how amazing it is. And then they'll look at their subscriber counts and be like, oh, well then. Yeah. Maybe I should stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because they don't want to do it that much. Like I, I don't know. So maybe in that way. But I don't think it's going to be like, oh, look, we have all these stats now. It's going to make me want to do a better job. I think it's going to break a lot of hearts. Well, the subscriber thing will just give you a reminder to put that as a call to action, I think. I mean, that shouldn't hurt anybody's feelings. I definitely do feel like, though, that when people stop listening, like, I don't want to know that, like, at all. Yeah, because they'll be like, oh, my God, we're talking for like 90 minutes and they stopped <laughs> listening in the first 20. Should we yeah. just Should we just stop? Yeah, I just don't want to know. I don't yeah. want to know anything about that. I hear you. That. Might as well. I'm having fun with you, Jess, regardless of whether anybody's listening all the way up to now, because we've been talking for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm having a good time, too. Yeah. So there's that. But I, we just wanted to kind of point that out. And if you guys want to check that article out, it's insane. Now, we have so much more to talk about, but I don't know if we have enough time. And we have been talking for a long, a long, long time. But I just wanted to let you guys know that there are some great points from three different points of view that go completely against that article and that really clear things out for you. And they're really, really funny. So like, actually, there's one of them. Did you read this one with the loop insight? Just, you know, where I say great points from three different points of view. Um, there's a quote right under there. First of all, if you find the Marco.org um, article in our show notes, you really need to read the whole thing, even if we don't go over all of it. But I really would have expected that we talk about his point more than everyone else. Oh, yeah. He we makes can go- by far the most sense. He so- makes, I know. 
Here's what he says. Ignoring for the moment that podcasters and news articles usually means a handful of the largest producers, a friend or two of the reporter, and a press release from Midroll, who collectively believe they represent all podcasters, despite only being the mass market tip of the iceberg, as if CBS represented all of television or Business Insider represented all of blogging. And this article is no exception. What these podcasters are asking for is the same tool web publishers have used and abused to death over the last decade to systematically ruin web content everywhere. More data. I don't know if I agree with that, though. That part doesn't... I mean, do you agree with that? That, like, the more data we have, the more everything gets ruined? Well, I think that sometimes, yeah. Because there is a... Yes, because we're obsessive about the data. Because then it it stops being about... The art form, and it starts to become about the data because that's what but this all is the what people- I'm saying. I want I, st- I I think it's important to know who's listening. It's not about knowing like every little fucking thing. Like Google, I do think that Google Analytics has gotten a little crazy, but like with podcasts, I just want to know who it is so I can talk to them better. Okay, it's about I, making I, it better, not I about. That. I get that. About, I understand. But yeah, I guess I see. I, I don't know why. Happens- Has it really ruined the internet, though, or is that maybe an overstatement? Eh, it might have. It might have. Because of all the stuff, because of all of the different, you know, adver- I think it's because of the advertising thing that he starts to talk about there. So the best counter argument was via Mark Orment, who is the creator of Tumblr, as well as Overcast. So this guy has been around the block a few times. He's also one of the investors on Gimlet. And there's actually an, on, an interview where he and Bloomberg are talking. So if you guys want to check out Startup, the season number one, you can hear Mark Arment talk about it. So he created Overcast, which is a podcast app because he loves podcasting. And he wanted something that was like good for people to listen to podcasts. He's a podcast. He's a listener and he wanted an app that was good. Yeah. So anyway, Marco is like really awesome. I think that um, you guys should definitely check that out. Do you have some quotes from him? I don't even know if I put that in there. I'm such a bummer. It's because the whole article is so good that I didn't even know what to pick out. <laughs> I know. It I was mean, like should uh, we try. Do you want me? Yeah, to try go ahead. Go. Bit? Yeah, go look for some of that stuff because uh, the title of Marco's article is "Apple's Actual Role in Podcasting." Be careful what you wish for. Okay, on the web, getting more data was easy because it's software. Letting publishers use JavaScript to run their own code. Podcasts are just MP3s. Players are just MP3 players, not platforms to execute arbitrary code from publishers. Publishers can see which IP addresses are downloading the MP3s, which can give them a rough idea of their audience size, approximate location, and what apps they use. That's it. They can't know exactly who you are, whether you searched for a new refrigerator yesterday or whether you listen to the ads in their podcasts. Big publishers think this is barbaric. I think it's beautiful. Big publishers think this is holding back the medium. I think it protects the medium. I don't think it's barbaric. I do feel like Apple does know a little bit more about who they are. And I don't care if they know if I search for a new refrigerator. But yeah, I don't expect them to ever know whether or not they listen to the ads in their podcasts. I don't care. And I don't want to know, again, how long they've listened, which I know will make pre-roll ad pricing go sky high. Because like you said, a million things could happen that would stop you from listening all the way to the very, 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 very end. And I love how he says they also want Apple to insert itself as a financial intermediary. We don't want that because it would add rules, restrictions, delays, commissions, increase their dominant role in podcasts, push out diversity, give them far more control than before and destroy one of the last open media ecosystems. That paragraph put a chill down my spine. I know. Right? A chill down my spine. I don't want them to add rules. I don't want them to add restrictions. I definitely don't want them to add delays. I certainly don't want them to add big commissions. Even if it means my own, I can get my own. 
and I don't want it to push out diversity. That makes me very sad, the thought of that, that not anybody and everybody could just have whatever podcast they want. And if they haven't gotten control yet, why do we want to push them to do it? I know. That's what I'm so confused about because... They, because they're only thinking about what advertisers want. Yeah. And it's just annoying because advertisers are not... They shouldn't be the boss of your podcast. Like, they're like the icing on the cake. Like, you still don't want a terribly tasting cake and just icing. You still want the cake to be delicious. What's the point of the icing with no cake? It's just gross. I know. And it's that's just, why, yeah. I, I, I guess my biggest thing here, you know, is, has always been, you know, iTunes is not the boss of my podcast because iTunes is a catalog. Again, it's like a library. It's so all like, it is is a really good directory. Yeah, it's a That's really it. great directory, and he and you know Marco addresses that. It's like if you have a problem with the directory, come up with one. Like work That's at it. it. The yeah. reason he started Overcast is because he was he didn't like the apps that were out at that moment, so he created a new app. Yeah. So if you really have that issue with that, create it. Why do you want somebody else to have control over your content? And then, you know, when you were talking about that, yeah, it, to me, podcasting is we still can get behind the microphone and we can still say all this stuff. I mean, we are going into like a political like craziness now from, the, to, from now to the end of the year. Imagine now a, a place again now where, you know, the news also are highly skewed. There's all kinds of things that are, are not necessarily reporting the news anymore. There's a lot of stuff in there that perhaps isn't getting out because mm -hmm. that's just the way it is. With podcasts, we don't have that. We don't have anybody censoring us. We don't have anybody. The RSS feed is out for anybody to download your content, for mm -hmm. anybody to subscribe without iTunes. And I know that that's still a challenge. I understand that there's a lot of people who are getting into podcasting and don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. I get that. But the thing is that you can still get the signal. You can still get the RSS feed. You could still subscribe. And if you really want that and nobody's saying no, it's free. It's free. It's free speech. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Apple taking over, there's going to be times when they're not going to put something up. Right. I guarantee it. There's going to be times when there's going to be content up there that is going to go against their company's point of view or value system in some way. And they will say no. They do that with apps all the time. Yeah. And then what? And Exactly. And then what? <sighs> so I just, you know. I'm scared. Why are you scared? I'm, I'm not just scared. scared. This makes me so <laughs> fucking nervous. Dude, they're not going to control that stuff. Again, they're a directory. That's I don't want corporations to take over Apple. Part of the reason I like Apple is because they're like, they feel, they've always felt like the people's company. And I know they didn't like comply with the FBI. And I know that a lot of people think that they're like evil big business and evil big corp. But like, I always felt like Steve Jobs was like one of us. Like he built a computer that was just fucking easy to use with software that was just fucking easy to use and a beautiful visual stuff. And all his stuff is beautifully visual. All his stuff is created so that morons could use it and still do cool shit, like have a different GPS in your car besides the one that's built in or, you know, FaceTime your family when you're on a business trip. I feel like they like us more than they like the companies. They just... Have like whoever can build an app, fucking do it. Just do it. Who you want to build a podcast? Yeah, we had a good run as indie podcasters for a long time. And now that big businesses are coming in, but they haven't like really gotten involved in like who's doing apps. Why would they do it for us? 
You know, like just, right. it should still remain a free for all because that's just what Apple is. I feel like I don't want that. If it gets different, I'm going to be so sad. Well, what happens though is that there's a lot of developers that, that have phased what you were just saying, like because the ecosystem inside of the app store. Yeah, I know it changed a little. Yeah, it's different, and so there's a lot of apps that are not even in there, and there's been a lot of uh, app developers that, even though that's where they get the most eyes on their stuff and they can sell the apps, they don't have the ability to do a lot of pricing changes. Like they can't like sell things a little bit more or less in other different in other places. Like so, if you're okay, you know, just at a basic level, if your app is worth twenty dollars. That's how much you're charging for it. And you want it to be in the app store. It has to be $20, even though the app, even though Apple's taking 30% of that. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, yes, you get more volume then, but then people, but then you're losing money too, because you're not getting worth what your app is. And then, so there's like, there's a lot of like really funky things like that. And then there's a lot of like stuff, functionality that you can't add to apps, right? And and it's true because Apple's doing that to keep everybody safe for the most part. Right. They had, you know, I, I will give it to them that they're doing it for the best of everybody, not because they want to be the crazy controlling. I, I will give that to them. But then it makes it hard for people to design stuff or update things because they change, the, you know, the way that the OS changes all the time. So that's sort of like the boat that we would be on where we would think like, oh, we're going to be getting this now, but then now it's going to change. So we just have to abide by it because we have then bought into it. That's what I'm more afraid of too. You choose to make iTunes the destination and it's fine for a couple of years and then they change it all. Yeah. And, and then you're okay. And that's, and that's tough. Yeah. Anyway, not to give you guys like, but anyway, what do you guys think now that we've been talking for? What do you years? think? Because you said something to me via um, text message that said it's going to change how everyone does business. Are you that has not been revealed yet? Or oh, how everybody, for that? Oh, no, no, no. When I said what, how everybody does business is that there's been some people like I think there's going to be some changes happening to the way podcast educators change their products. Not the way they do business. Business is still going to be the same. But there's going to be a lot of changes that are going to be happening. And there's a lot more to podcasting than teaching new and noteworthy. That's true. Okay. So that's it. That's basically it. Like there's a lot of about podcasting that is a lot more than how to rank high in iTunes or how to get your iTunes visibility up, which is what everybody wants. But there's a lot more than that. And people who are teaching or educating about podcasting whose sole business is around that are going to have to be making some changes on the fly. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So you're, it's you're, not, yeah. you know, that's it. Because if that's the core of what you're teaching and how you're selling your services, which we don't, then you're going to be having to scramble <laughs> and figure yeah. out what the value is that you really do bring. <laughs> that yeah. has nothing to do with iTunes. God help you. Yeah. Oy, oy, oy. So, Aichiwawa. guys. Aichiwawa. So, we're wrapping this up uh, here today. But if you guys have any feedback, uh, you know what I'm thinking? You guys, we never tell you our email address. And that's why we get some really random like conversations happening here. So, <laughs> our email I address is feedback at shepodcast.com. So, if you have something to say to us, feedback at shepodcast.com. That's 
perfect. You can send us yes. feedback or you can send a go via speakpipe, speakpipe.com slash she podcast. And yes. also please tell your friends, if not you, if you're starting a podcast or something, sign up for our webinar. It's going to be super fun. Shepodcast.com slash pants off. Yeah, you can also find us on Facebook at She Podcast, Twitter at She Podcasts, our show notes are ShePodcast.com. And yes, don't forget the pants off webinar, She Podcast forward slash pants off. Pants Whoa. off. Pants off. That means podcast your pants off. Just we don't just want people to take their pants off. No. Just silly. Oh, and by the way, why don't you subscribe to our podcast? There you have <laughs> well, it. Well, we've been talking about it yes, all day. Totally. Just subscribe, subscribe to it. You don't even have to listen. You can listen to every five podcasts because that way the podcast app continues to update. And if you stop listening after five episodes, the podcasts stop being downloaded. So just every five episodes. You can handle us for every five episodes. I think so. Just subscribe. Do us a favor. That would be awesome. Subscribe. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Thanks, Elsie, for always being so knowledgeable about everything. Oh, dude. You're very kind. And you too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. We didn't love them and mean it. We love you and we mean it. 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 Mean it.